Welcome back to this episode of Let's Talk About It. In today's day and age, it's very easy to get hung up in comparing yourself to others and the negativity that comes along with it. And that's what we're going to discuss in this episode, comparison. So let's talk about it. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am joined by Austin again, and we have a guest today. His name's Michael Spagnola. I'm going to let him introduce himself, what he does, and what he's on here for. Thank you, Nate. I am actually a sales leader for a company that does digital marketing for attorneys. I also am Nate's brother-in-law, so I've known Nate for a very, very long time. He's also my personal doctor. Austin's also my personal doctor as well. They're always on call for me. So you can kind of say I'm like a, uh, I have like Paris Hilton status with them. I have on-call doctors, uh, any mental health needs. I have my wife. So I have a full team. I'm, I'm, uh, I pretend I'm important. It's let's just, let's just say that. It's funny. Cause when we were like in our first two years in med school, Austin, he was like, Hey, can I become like an SP where they, you know, one of the standardized patients where they like check my rash on my, my balls or whatever. <laughs> like you're, yeah. Yeah, I've, I'm also, I was going to say, I'm also uh, a hit for the urology program at Nate's school. So anything having to do with uh, some sort of male model in that aspect, they always rely on me for that as well. So I'm well known for that. You may have seen some of my hits. <laughs> some of your handiwork. <laughs> some of my hand, exactly, exactly. Craftsman, craftsmanship. Um, yeah. Austin, how have you been since last last talk? Been great. I finished my anesthesia rotation, got to intubate a ton of patients, and I just got back from grandma's house this weekend. She turned 82. I just turned 30. So we are both of us in the prime of our lives. Good. Good to hear. Um, Happy belated birthday, ma'am. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, the last, shit, last, last episode, you talked about how you went to New York and how it was beautiful and still haven't been out there personally. I know you have, Mike, uh, when you were younger, so I still have to make a trip out there at some point. So we're here today to talk about comparison and and you kind of brought this up, Mike, and wanted to talk about it and suggested we did this on our ep- on our podcast. And I said, hey, come on and let's talk about it. So what was your thoughts and why do you want to talk about comparison? Uh, you know, for, for me, I do a lot of self-reflecting. And when you do self-reflecting, it's hard uh, to not compare yourself to other people. Uh, comparison is healthy. I know there's the uh, there's the famous quote, and I believe it's by Teddy Roosevelt, and he talks about comparison is a thief of joy. Um, I feel that, and I agree with that in some aspects, but comparison is necessary in order to grow, uh, but there is a healthy way to do it. So I felt like maybe we should have a topic or a show that we, we address this and we talk about how comparison isn't a negative thing if you do it correctly and, and how I feel the correct way to do it is. So that's, that's kind of what, what brought this point up. And I agree. I think competition isn't bad. And I think that's something I always preach on is kids should do, kids should be in team sports at a very young age because it teaches competition. Austin talked about this with his parents and his dad coaching him at a very young age. And we all played sports, but it teaches you how to compete with others in a healthy way so that you help each other grow. And when you talked about wanting to bring this on, I thought this was a great thing because we've all had our, our, our self-doubt with comparison. And I remember one time I was talking with you, Mike, we were maybe at a restaurant in San Diego and I was like, man, I should have a home by now, like all this other stuff. And you were just like, dude, like your time's going to come 
but we all battle with that. And it's, it's easy to fall into that self-doubt. I should be here at this age. I should have this at this age. So having this as a topic, I was like, let's jump on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, looking into like looking into comparison further uh there's there's two different types of comparison there's downward comparison and there's upward comparison and it's pretty straightforward but just to clarify a little bit upward comparison is when you're holding somebody that's in a higher position than you or maybe where you want to be and you're comparing yourself to them and really looking at that in a healthy way of this is what i need to do to get there and then there's downward comparison which can be useful, but also can be detrimental depending upon how you use it. So it's useful in a sense of, wow, look how far I've come. Like my baseline was so little before and now look where I'm at. That's going to be useful. It's going to help you and give you the encouragement and motivation to keep going. Uh, but you can also have that negative aspect of maybe you're setting your targets too low of giving yourself too much, too much props or too much authority on a subject because the baseline you're comparing to is is not somebody that's equivalent to you or shouldn't be equivalent to you. Um, so uh, once again, I feel like you really need to be in that sweet spot of finding a realistic comparison for at least your baseline. And then going forward, you, you have a mix of thoughts of upward comparison and downward comparison and, and really determining where you're at and the success you've achieved. I like that. Austin, what are your thoughts? I'm wondering how I, I like this topic. I think it's fantastic. And it's something that there's, there's a positive side and a darker side to it. I'm wondering how we can help people kind of where they're at, give them some things to do, and maybe some some ways to think about things in a, in a new light. So this is from a book called 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. This is from his chapter four about comparison. If you are one in a million now, but originated in modern New York City, there are 20 of you, and most of us now live in cities. What's more, we have now become digitally connected to the entire 7 billion. Our hierarchies of accomplishment are now dizzyingly vertical. No matter how good you are at something or how you rank your accomplishments, there's someone out there who makes you look incompetent. You are a decent guitar player, but you are not Jimmy Page or Jack White. You are most certainly not even going to rock, rock your local pub. You're a good cook, but there are many great chefs. Your mother's recipe of fish heads and rice, no matter how celebrated in her village of origin, doesn't cut it in today's world of grapefruit, foam, and scotch tobacco ice cream. Some mafia don has a tackier yacht. Some obsessive CEO has a more complicated self-winding watch kept in his more valuable mechanical hardwood and steel automated self-winding watch case. Even the most stunning Hollywood actress eventually turns into the evil queen on eternal paranoid watch for the new Snow White. And you? Your career is boring and pointless. Your housekeeping skills are second rate. Your taste is appalling. You're fatter than your friends. And everyone dreads your parties. Who cares if you are the prime minister of Canada when someone else is the president of the United States? This is the world that we are all living in. This is the world so many people find themselves in of nothing's good enough. And look at, look at all of these things around you. You're constantly exposed through social media, your friends, your family. So how, how do we, I don't know, what advice do we give somebody who's in this state? So I'd like to jump in on this. And he kind of, the, the title of his, his rule is like, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who you, everyone else around you. And I think the big thing people may ask is like, how do I compare myself to yesterday? How do I compare myself to myself tomorrow? 
And I think what you need are standards to live by, core values to live by, and tasks that you can complete on a daily basis. So that, so let's say you have 10 tasks and you get seven done. The next day, you do eight of those or nine of those. Hey, I've gotten better. And if it's like, hey, I'm going to be a good father, I'm going to be present for my wife, or I'm going to get up and eat clean and go exercise, and you mark, mark those off, check those off, the next day, you're like, I did all 10. And let's make sure I get 10 today. Or I did seven yesterday. That's okay. Let's do eight and nine the consecutive days so that you can actually can compare yourself to yourself and not worry about what Johnny did next door or what Joe's doing on Instagram. And that's what I think I got from his like compare yourself to yourself and not anyone else. And that's what I've tried to do have done last like four or five years when I've like self-reflected and made sure that I wasn't comparing myself to everyone else around me. Yeah, I think I think like you what you're what you're talking about Nate kind of comparison boils over into goal setting. And when it comes to the goal setting that you're going to be creating, once again, it needs to be realistic. Uh liking it to 75 hard. We've all done 75 hard. One of uh one of the things that's going to be uh, important that you do on a daily basis are the tasks that 75 hard lays out. And two of those tasks are workouts. One's an outdoor workout, one's an indoor workout, both for 45 minutes. Now, a lot of people I feel like get hung up when they're first starting 75 hard on what are these workouts supposed to be like, what counts as a workout, what doesn't count as a workout. This goes back to everybody's baseline is different. Everybody's going to be at a different starting point. So I really do feel like you should isolate it and just compare where you were at, like you mentioned, where you were you at yesterday and where are you at today? Are you making progress? And that's, to me, that's all that matters. But when we do get into competitiveness with work or uh, with your uh, profession, like that's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's, that's healthy competition. Right. You should be comparing yourself in order to grow. But once again, maybe somebody has been doing your job for longer, you know, maybe someone's a tenured doctor and you're just starting out. You're not going to have the type of success that they are, they have right now. You're not going to have uh, the type of achievements or the type of experience. And you will get that with time. And once again, set goals, little goals that you can chip away at every single day in order to, to get there. Uh, so once again, it kind of blends in, into goal setting. Uh, but I think that is that is healthy to just focus on uh, comparing yourself with with what you were doing yesterday or the day before that or even a week ago. So I love that you brought up goal setting. and I love how you have these, these small achievable goals, but you need to have this overarching goal that those small achievable goals that are propelling you to that big goal. And I, again, it's comparing yourself to yesterday so that you're not comparing next to anyone else, but also have that goal down the line that, you know, you're chipping away every day, every week, every month. You're like, okay, wow, it's been two years and look where I'm at. We can relate it to med school, Austin, you know, first year of med school, you're like, wow, four years, of, four years of med school feels like forever dude, we're graduating in like three months, four months. So it's these little goals, you get through year one, you take boards or two, two, and you take boards and year three, you take boards. Those also help you. So you're not comparing about everyone comparing yourself to everyone else that's around you. So it sounds like all of us agree that comparison is in it's a healthy way. Comparison should be a part of your life. It should be a way to in a maybe looking down the road, a way to compare to where you want to go and use that as fuel for driving action in your own life. And I think, so Andy Frazella, I mean, we're all acolytes of Andy Frazella, as I've mentioned before, he, uh, his thing about comparison that he mentioned on, on his show, <clears throat> excuse me, 
was that it should be all any comparison you do to peers or supervisors should drive you to develop your greatest asset in your life, which is you. You are the asset that needs to be developed. You need to hone your skills and you need to, you know, get to work to get those goals. But then also having a a documented or way to measure your own progress so that there's something to reference so that when you're looking up the line, like in the future, okay, good. I'm checking in with those who are more successful, more powerful, more competent. So I know what I'm going for and I can form a vision of myself that I'm going for, but then I can also compare myself to the past and have some, maybe some motivation and some, you know, a celebration. Look at these small victories I've stacked up and look what I've, I've been able to accomplish. And the example of 75 hard, you take a progress picture every day. And by day 75, you can go back and look at that first picture and you're, you're pretty astounded. And that, that comparison can give you some motivation. Wow. Look what I've done. I can probably keep doing this at the very least. If we're going to shoot for the stars, I can probably do a little more and keep adding on a little bit more. And so it seems like that's the bi-directional comparison that we're, that we're talking about, if I understand right. Yeah. And I love that you talk about the picture because that's one of my favorite things, actually. Everyone's, a lot of people fail on that because they forget to take the picture. But most people get hung up and we're going to talk about physiques and comparing physiques or whatever, but they get hung up on the scale. You know, the scale gets stuck or goes up, it, it fluctuates, but you can actually physically see the work you've done in a progress picture. And that's why I always tell people who are like asking me for fitness advice is don't look at the scale. Maybe look every two weeks at the scale, but take a picture every, every day. And then within three weeks, look at your body. You know, your scale might be the same. You put on more muscle mass, but your waist is looking tighter. Your delts are showing your lats are showing, and that's just better. And I love that you brought that up as a way to, again, compare yourself to yourself and not just everyone else on Instagram or all the physiques and the juice heads or whatever that are on social media. So then what are, how can we've talked about a lot of positive what are negative aspects of comparison we can help people identify so that if if we could give a mold if if this xyz is happening to you this is something negative that you can recognize what are some patterns we can help people recognize uh i think and i feel like you'll you'll probably jive with this uh, uh the best and nate you will too but having but mostly me <laughs> mostly you because of your religious background um when it comes to comparing, when it comes to comparing yourself, let's just say to your uh, neighbors for mater materialistic items, like, oh, the Joneses across the street have four cars and I only have two. Like, what, what can I do? Like, to me, that's, that's not a good goal. Like, that's, that's not something you should be comparing your, yourself with another person for like, what do we have monetarily or what do I have uh, materialistically? that they don't have or what do they have that I don't have like that's that's going to be something that's going to just be negative in your life and doesn't need to be involved now if you have a personal goal of hey I want to be successful enough one day to own a Ferrari and these are the goals that I'm going to set or chip away at over time to get there great but if you're using if you're using that materialistic item to compare your situation to what your neighbor is, I feel like that's that's negative. Uh, time on social media, uh, you you get into that into that those weeds often because you see uh, the guy that's in shape that has a Ferrari that's talking about you know how great his life is, how he spends time on a yacht and so on and so forth, and you can get really down on yourself that you haven't achieved that material success like they have. So in my opinion, I would say that would be, that would be a negative aspect of a uh, comparison. Nate, social media, do you disagree with this? I love that he brought that up because I was going to kind of, I have it highlighted and underlined and all this other stuff right now on my little notepad. 
is the highlight reel. We kind of talked about it last week, but the highlight reel is what people want you to see on social media. And you know, we're not saying everyone's posting bullshit stuff or any of that stuff, but they're posting what you want, what they want you to see, what they want to put out to the world, the the good physique, the six pack ab, the the BMW, the the beautiful woman on the yacht, whatever it is, they're putting that out there because that's what they want you to see. And we get so caught up in and damn, you know, like it's at our tips of our finger, we're getting this dopamine hit, like, why don't I have that? Why, why can't I get there? And I think what I've learned and shifted, and I even set like screen time on my phone is be a creator, and not a consumer. And that's going to prevent you from feeling like that. Because even I, you know, us Austin being in med school, we're kind of restricted on what we've done in the last four years. And all our friends are traveling and doing all this other stuff. And we're here, stuck in school studying eight, 10 hours a day to take an exam every other week. So it was more of a shift from consuming to creating. And I think that's what people need to do and realize. Use social media to build your brand, whether that's you as a doctor or as a company or trying to sell a product, because that's what it's used for. And that's what it could be very beneficially used for. But when you're sitting there and sucking the screen for con uh, consumption, that's when you're going to fall into that trap. Like that dude has the best chick in the world or he's super fit and he has this car. Why am I not there? And then every time you scroll, boom, there's another one. So create and not consume is what I would say for that highlight real problem. I think social media has, you have the opportunity, you're following your friends, air quotes around friends, right? You have followers. Maybe that's a more accurate description of a lot of the people that you interact with. You're either a follower or you're following and there are people who follow you. It seems like there's this negative and dark train of thought that that isn't i heard it on or echo charles described this as when you when a friend gets something mm -hmm. that you don't have like a new car let's say at a very minimum you should feel nothing you know it's that doesn't affect you in any way that your friend has a car at the you know in the best positive light if you are going to have a reaction and you care about this person as a friend of yours it should be you have a new car and you, whatever you did in your life to get that new car, that's great. Mm -hmm. I'll celebrate with you. You were able to achieve this. I think what a lot of people turn to, and I've definitely absolutely done this myself, especially like Nate said, when you haven't seen the sun in a few weeks because you're studying all day and you're watching your friends go on trips and buying houses and having children and whatever it is. But when, when your mentality, sticking with the example, your friend gets a new car, when that turns to you as my friend getting a new car means I didn't get a new car. Or somehow I've been robbed of getting a new car because my friend got that car. And that's where you start to enter the darker side of, of comparison, I think, that's, that's mostly probably prompting the reason that we wanted to discuss this. Right. Mike, anything? No, I think uh, Austin nailed it. It's, I mean, I can't really, really comment too much further except for it's, it's just the, the material, materialistic items that you're comparing uh, to, in my opinion, is just, it shouldn't be involved. It shouldn't be involved in any sort of healthy comparison uh, that that you're you're setting forth for yourself, I guess you would say. Yeah, and I agree, uh, listening to that, that episode with Echo Charles and Jocko, that it's a problem. But in the end, we should want our friends to succeed. You should be happy no matter what. We should be at a point in our lives, should be so bitter enough where you're not happy seeing them succeed. It should bring you joy. You know, and especially if you've been a friend and you've like contributed to their success in some way, that's something you can kind of like, hey, you know, I've I've been a friend, I've helped them in, in other aspects, he's helped me, and you want to grow together. So that's where I don't know, it's a hard realization. I don't work I, I guess I'm struggling to see where people 
find that line, really find that line of like shifting to the dark side of comparison and the good side of comparison. Um, and that's, again, that's why we're having this discussion in the first place. Yeah, I would, I would also say like going to Austin's point, like if you're a friend and at the minimum you don't feel anything, which is fine, or, you know, on the other end, you feel great for the person. You're like, oh, you've, you've achieved, you know, buying that new car, you crushed your goals in order to be able to afford this car and, you know, get your, whatever item you were looking to obtain. Uh, but I would say if you're on the other spectrum of like, you feel negative about it, or you're upset about it, or you feel like that person didn't earn it, or they don't deserve it. You're just probably not their friend. You know, if you're having, if you're having those feelings that should probably tell you that they're, you're, they're not your friends. So, uh, this is kind of off topic, but it probably gives, it gives me the feeling that you probably shouldn't have that person in your life, or you probably shouldn't, uh, be hanging out, hanging out with that person and giving that person uh, time if that's, if that's how you're feeling towards them. Right. I think that could be somewhere I mean, if you're feeling that and you're starting to realize that you're doing that with someone that's in your life, you also need to look inside too. like what's making you so bitter? Did you you know, yeah. and we can get we can get into like a therapy standpoint, did you have something go wrong in your life where, you know, you didn't get what you wanted? So you're so bitter that everyone else gets it? Or are you someone who doesn't really work that hard, you know, and doesn't know how to earn things in life. So there's there's this internal realization that this person has to find and see to get to the root of the problem of that darker comparison. I think so as well. I think that the when you find yourself in that area or at the at a baseline if you're just going to look no context at to anything whether your relationships or situations anything if you're just going to reduce your reality to something so simple as Someone has this and I don't. The easiest route to take to that is that's not fair. Yeah. And I should have that. And the, you know, if you're going to follow that train and if you're going to find the easiest way for you where you're not responsible at all, you're going to take this, let's say, the privilege of a new car. Because there, there are a lot of privileges out there. The privilege of a new car, the privilege of a wife, a house, a family, the privilege of having a good job, a good income. Those are privileges. And when you start to change those to rights and you feel that that's a right, something that's as critical a right as having life or food, shelter, then now you are a victim. And that, oh, that is so much easier because now it's someone else's fault that you are being oppressed. And this is, this is horrible. This is a dark train of thought that leads you right to the halls of Columbine, right? When you, that, that, that oppression breeds resentment, that, that comparison breeds resentment and then leads you to the, you know, the most reasonable conclusion is, well, now I have to be an arbiter of justice. Mm -hmm. And people can be manipulated by this all the time, especially in politics. It is, you can have somebody who's in politics who, and I think this is more prominent on the radical left, they'll draw these arbitrary lines of comparison cutting down the take any one point you want to look at education income whatever it is and they'll draw these arbitrary lines around race which i mean what is even race and how would you define that it's very hard to define gender they can't even define what gender is and uh, then look at this one data point and any outcome or any disparate outcome is the result of some boogeyman that we're identified that's out of your control you don't have power over racism uh, let's see, the patriarchy, the sun monster, right? All of these things, 
you're you're now being oppressed by this thing and i as your humble servant will wield political power to make things right i will take these privileges and give them to you because you deserve them and you don't have to do anything except give me power and give me a little bit of your rights and this i mean this can be such a horrible thing that has led to the death of millions upon millions of people in mao's china in stalin's russia in uh, i mean the past and current effect that the Kim dynasty has had on North North Korea, that comparison leading to you feeling bitter and that you deserve something that you haven't earned. And I was I was going to talk about society, but I know Mike likes to talk about this too. If you want to jump in there, no, I was I, I think once again Austin's always on the money with this stuff, and uh, I don't want it to sound too much like an echo chamber mm -hmm. because we are we do heavily agree about a lot of this uh i i would also just to add an additional layer uh because you did mention that both sides do this and the radical left is it, it is more prevalent on that side uh i i would just say self-ownership as a whole is is a plague that we face as americans on both sides uh everybody is looking for somebody else or a higher power to do the work for mm -hmm. them and at the end of the day when it comes to comparison if you do like jordan peterson talks about if you do want that compound interest of gaining ground in your own life and being successful it boils down to the things that you can control and the things that you can't control and a lot of things having to do with politics are things that we can't control which is why people like to talk about them because they can pass blame on to somebody else. so when you when you remove yourself and i myself unfortunately had fallen through that that wormhole uh during you know 2020 to 2022 and covid lockdowns of getting mad about certain things and being upset about certain things that i had no control over and as of recently let's just say about a year ago i've told myself you know what this is too much of a drain right. on me this is too much of a, a time suck for something i have zero control over in the grand scheme of things can i vote yes i can vote can i you know make awareness around certain certain political beliefs yes i can do that but at the end of the day is that going to help me achieve the goals that I've set forth for myself? And in most cases, the answer is no. So if that is the case, then, then why even put any attention on that and focus on yourself, make healthy, realistic expectations of yourself that are achievable and continue to add, as you said, Nate, continue to add tasks to your, 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 your bucket and continue to go ahead and fill that bucket with those tasks that you're looking to complete. And you're going to get where you need to be. You should have, and you also mentioned this, Nate, you should have like an overarching goal, like a bigger goal, but you do need to take bite-sized right. pieces. So like, for example, 75 hard personally, I was 237 pounds before I started it. I wanted to be down to 215. So that's 22 pounds that I knew in 75 days I had to, to trim up or trim off of my body. Uh, if I would have said, oh, I have to do the 22 pounds and just looked at the 75 days, I probably would have been more miserable than I was. So instead, I just said, okay, halfway through, half of 22 is 11. Halfway through, I know I'm on track. I know I'm hitting my goals. 
if I'm down 11 pounds. And after that, once I hit that, we're going to continue, continue moving forward. And we're going to go after the, the bigger goal of 22 pounds in, in total. So uh, not to harp on the goal setting, but once again, it just comes back to, to goal setting for yourself. And before I jump back to the society thing that I wanted to say, again, is having attainable goals that will reach you to that overarching goal. And even if you got to halfway, halfway point, and you weren't at 11 pounds down, what do I need to do now to adjust so that I can get to this point, at least get as close to 22 pounds as possible? Again, because even if you went from 237, I think you said to 215 or whatever it was, you are still losing that weight. Say you got to 220, you still lost a lot of weight, right? Um, and you know, you can be a little upset, but hey, now I know next time, maybe move a little bit more or whatever it is. So you can, again, compare yourself to how you can be better. But I want to jump back to Austin talking about, you know, we have this thing in the world where a lot of people are self-entitled or feel like things should be handed to them. And it's society. So society's kind of breeding that now kind of. So again, you can reach out for the hand that's giving to you, but also as a parent now, and Mike, you can touch on this and Austin in the future, you'll be able to touch on this, but also how your parents raised him. Yeah, Austin will have like 70 kids in the future. <laughs> but also how his parents raised him is we need to raise kids that are going to do right by society. Um, also not know what a handout is to to work for things. I want to make my kids have a great life. But I want them to know the value of a dollar and in what it costs to pay their own insurance or what it costs to pay their own car payment. So they know when they get out to the world that nothing's going to be they can't just get shit paid for them. The government can't do it. Friends can't pay for it. I can't do it forever as much as I want to take care of my kids. They need to be adults and take care of themselves. And a lot of people ask like, what's wrong with these kids? And what's wrong with the generation? Kids don't raise themselves, it's parents. And I just want to say that's our duty as parents to, to raise the next generations of kids that won't, you know, feel entitled so that they're comparing themselves to others, so that they feel that they are successful by the stuff that they do and bring into the world. Yeah, well, with kids, uh, that's that's a, a topic I'm very passionate about. And I, I mentioned that I was kind of consumed with politics during the, the COVID era. And I feel like a healthy transition for me was, you know what? What's something I can control? I control being a good father and a present father. So this is what I'm going to hyper-focus on now instead of politics, since I have no control over that. And one of the big things that we do for our kids, Chelsea and I, my wife, is the way that we talk to our kids. Uh, the, the verbiage that you use is going to set the stage for the mindset or the voice that they have in their inner head. So when my kid wants something, uh, we we don't say, oh, yeah, we can get that for you or, uh, you know, yeah, we'll buy that for you. We always ask, well, what can what can you do to earn that? What can you do to earn this? What little goals or tasks can you do or responsibilities can you start to take on in order to earn this item? For example, he loves that little flashlight that uh, Nora has, mm -hmm. Nate's daughter has on uh, on one of her walkie talkies. He thinks it's the coolest thing ever. So he wants like a real cool flashlight. He asked me last night again, hey, daddy, can I get a can I get a flashlight so that I could hold it in the dark and like go in dark rooms? And he, he thinks he's a police officer. Yeah. So he, he wants to be like a, a first responder or emergency services. So he, he really likes the flashlight. And I told him, yeah, but we can get you one, but we got to earn it. Like what's what's something good that we can do? And he's like, uh, I'm like, well, well, let me help you. What's something that's obtainable for a two and a half year old? Um, you're you're kind of you're kind of whiny, bud. Like when you ask for things, you're kind of whiny. Let's let's 
worry about how we ask for things or how we ask for help or how we talk to people. Let's be less whiny. Let's use manners. And if you can do that for a week consistently, we'll, we'll buy you a flashlight. Okay. Okay. And then anytime that, you know, maybe he pops off a little bit with being a little whiny or needy say, Hey, we're, we're working towards our goal of trying to get that flashlight. Are, are we earning it right now? Or are we doing something that's going to affect us not getting it? And he, he understands he's two and a half, but he understands. I feel like if you start early with your kids, or if you even retrain yourself as an adult to start to think that way, and I've had to do that myself, it's going to make a world of difference. It's going to make a world of difference when it comes to goal setting. And then also how you look at yourself when comparing yourself to your counterparts, whether that's once again, relationships or financially or work relationships, like what, whatever it may be, uh, you're, you're going to have a better, uh, you're going to be able to digest that better and accept it better. And I agree with that. I think Jordan Peterson is the one who said this is like the first four years of your kid's life are so formative because once they hit five, they're going to school, they're playing sports, they have these teachers, they have other influences. And I'm all I'm always saying this too, is everything should be a lesson, no matter what. And sometimes Nicole gives me a hard time because of that, my wife, Nicole, and your sister, obviously, but I think everything should be a lesson for the kids. At what point are they going to learn these lessons if we're not teaching them, even if they're two and a half, three, four, one, they're going to start to comprehend what those lessons are and understand. So I, I'm glad that you brought that up. And we kind of touched on this at a for young age to to kind of combat comparison early on before it kind of gets negative in their minds in the future. Yeah, one one thing one thing that I would advise when it comes to comparison and it comes to having children, if you have two children, yeah. like both I do, never compare your children to each other yeah. because once again, you're you're not only pinning them against each other, uh, which there shouldn't be competition. They should be supporting each other and pushing each other up, but also they're two different people. And it's not, it's like uh, Jordan Peterson talks about comparing yourself to somebody that is in the same trade as you. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you're a doctor, why would you compare yourself to a plumber? Or if you're a plumber, why would you compare yourself to uh, a musician? Like that just doesn't make sense. So if I have a daughter that's one and a half and I have a son that's almost three, it's not going to make sense for me to say, oh, well, you're handling your emotions way better than your little sister is. Like, why can't your little sister be like you? Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's not going to, that's, that's a negative aspect of comparison. That's not fair. Um, and I, once again, think comparison is important, but you really, really have to do it correctly for it to be uh, effective. And uh, go ahead, so then you should. So then you should compare your children to other people's children so that your children become better than other people's <laughs> children. And you have a super family. Austin's all about exactly. the super family. <laughs> no, on, on a more serious note, it, I feel like this is a lesson, you, you know, I'm not a parent, but it seems like this is a lesson you teach as parents, you reteach as parents, and then you're taught and retaught as a parent. Yeah. And even as, you know, the people around you, there are lessons you need to, we've talked about how you have to give your loved ones in your life reminders. Yeah. And sometimes you have to remind them of this lesson. Mm -hmm. In my more formative years, I've talked about how when I was playing basketball and I compared myself to my teammates and told my dad, it's not fair that they play more than I do. And he said, they play more than you do because they're better at basketball than you. And, you know, then he talked about, well, here's how we can right. help you get better at basketball, but you haven't earned the same thing that they have. And I was talking with a buddy the other week about, you know, telling he, him telling me how much he hates his job. 
and how he wants to have X, whatever, Y, Z descriptions in his, in a different job. So, well, what are you doing to earn that dream job? Are you pursuing more education and training? So you can get another job in a different department or different company. Are you just crushing it? Are you crushing your numbers right now? So you can get an incredible letter of recommendation as you move on to the next phase of your life. But you haven't earned that. And I understand it's easy to compare to these things that you don't have and say, I deserve this. You don't. You have very few things that you deserve in this life. And I, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, I love, I, I've heard you say that before, Austin, and I love that your dad keeps it real yep. with you. Like the one, the one thing I would say, and I'm not critiquing your father because I, I don't do parenting 100% correctly all the time. Uh, but, I would say maybe he could have pointed out also like, listen, but you're getting straight A's. Are, are some of those kids on, on the team getting straight A's? No, but you know why they're not? Because you make it, you make it an intention that you are going to sit down and study for two hours every single night. So once again, you're earning those straight A's. Those kids aren't earning those straight A's. This is what you need to do with basketball too. If you want to be a starter with basketball, you need to do the same thing that you do with your schoolwork and have that be implemented into your physical uh, abilities and, you know, achievements as well. So uh, I would I would maybe point out the, the good things, too. You know, you, yeah, Austin, you're terrible at basketball. We all know that. But, you know, you do a lot of good things, too, bud. No, it's just, I was going to add, I, you know, in the, in the fuller context of that story, I had pointed out all the things that I was doing well and why I thought okay. that okay. that merited my playing time, which was like, you were just saying, Mike, it was comparing myself across different fields. You know, I was getting A's that didn't mean I deserved playing time. I was you know active in my religion and working in my relationship with God, but that didn't mean I, de that meant I deserved a good relationship with God, which I, I did have. And I tried to foster and yeah. And so point well taken, Mike, but yeah, in, in the broader context of the story, I left out quite a bit of, of the yeah. conversation. Mr. Anderson, we love you. We, we, we think you're a great father. It's proof based off of how successful your kids are. I, uh, you took the words out of my mouth, Austin, both of you really was that when you think you're succeeding in one lane, you think that can carry over and you should get whatever you want in that other lane. And again, you can't, like you kind of talk, can't compare yourself to a plumber or an NBA basketball player. You can't. So if you're doing very well in this lane, maybe that's your niche, but what can you do? to be better in this next lane. So then maybe you can increase. And I think that's kind of, you, you were alluding to that, Austin. That's what you were doing. You may have done very well in school and you're very devout to your, your, your religion. And then you're like, I should be playing basketball. You know, we all kind of fall into that. We were, especially, I'll say it, you know, a lot of doctors, and we're not going to be these doctors. We went to school for 15 years, blah, 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 blah. You know, we get whatever the hell we want. We, we tell people what the hell to do because we're doctors and we went to school for this. But we shouldn't and we don't have the right to do that. So I think that's something again that that I think that's like a downward, like a negative comparison. Like I'm better than you because I went to school for 15 years. So that's something that people who are in these like professions that go to school for a long time have to keep in check as well. You're comparing yourself to somebody that's not even in the same boat as you, yeah. which is is something we do to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. And not something that is actually benefiting us and actually helping us move forward and progress with whatever our goals are. Well, let me pose a question to the panel. He likes this. <laughs> this is something that I've thought about a lot. And the, the impetus for this question comes from an experience I had listening to a friend in a very public setting address a group of people and him telling this group of people very, you know, kind of forcefully, emotionally hey, you guys, just because you do or do not do this one thing, that doesn't make you a good person. 
And I, th I thought that was, it, I wondered why he had driven that point. And then I scanned the group around and saw that his girlfriend was in the crowd and that I knew for a fact that she was somebody who didn't do that one thing. So I thought, oh, okay, he's pandering. But, the, you know, that's fine. But then I thought more in the broader context, could you, as a person, and there's purpose, purposefulness, in, or there's, this is a purposeful, purposely vague question. That's what I'm trying to say. Can you be better than another person? And that's hard, right? Because that we talked about ego, we talked about better versus best on this podcast before. And when you fall into that being I'm better, I think that's a trap. I think that's that's negative. And you want to be the best version. And you know, I'm gonna I'm kind of gonna run in circles here just because I think it, it's wrong to be better than everyone else. But there is this thing where you walk into a room and you kind of carry yourself for a certain way and you know you're doing all the right tasks and other people aren't. But it's your mentality and the way you look at those people. I think that's that's the problem. Like, how can I how can I walk into this room and uplift everyone with me? How can I bring people along with me to succeed? And that's what I try. I really personally try to do. I want people to succeed as much as as I believe I'm succeeding or I'm going to succeed. That's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why I'm posting the reels. Um, but it's that mentality. If you walk into that room like, ah, oh, fuck these people. Like, I'm better than them. That's the problem. And I don't think you can be you cannot there's that's not right you should not be better than people in that sense so be, what's your answer to the question you can't be you cannot or you should you be. shouldn't be can't your question is can you um you can be that's a great question man mike help me out here think about that i think i think uh on a metric performance True. yes you can be better than somebody uh i'm in sales there's months where i do better than my counterparts and i'm the sales leader right and I'm making more money. I'm better than them right. that month. Uh, when it comes to the human element of what people actually think is right for them and your beliefs and what their beliefs, they may be different. There, there's no comparing. Yeah. You can't compare those. You can't be, your beliefs can't be better than somebody else's. They could be better for you than they are for that person, but they, they, they just can't be better. You might think that internally, like you'll have that monologue with yourself of like, I believe this, that's better than, than what they believe, but in their eyes, their opinion, no, it's not. So it's like, you're just kind of, uh, going back to politics, both sides have this all or nothing thinking to where this is correct. hundred percent or the opposite spectrum. This is correct. hundred percent. And they're never going to meet in the middle. And they're always going to think that morally that they're or politically that they're better than the other side and that's just stalls progress like to me that just if you're not willing to have a conversation if you're not willing to agree to disagree or if you're not willing to continue a relationship with somebody because they have different thoughts or or think differently uh then that's just that's that's disheartening unfortunately um obviously if it's something that's going to intentionally hurt you or hurt somebody you love then yeah like don't talk to that person, don't agree with them, don't interact with them. But if it's something political, let's just say, and this is kind of controversial, but let's just say it's whether you're pro-life or pro-choice. It's like there's there's conversations that you can have about that regardless of what what side you mm -hmm. you belong to. And so then sorry, Nate. Nate's answer is you can be, but you shouldn't be. Mike's answer is <laughs> you could be better at things. But overall, no, you can't be better than another 
person. Right. So I, yeah. I want to, I want to, did I sum that up? Right. Yeah. So what I, you did. Okay. You did, yeah. So what I want to say is, yes, I agree with Mike. There's metrics, right? We're all trying to get into med, uh, residency, right? There's great candidates. They look at our numbers. They look at the publications we've had or the things we've done in school. So those are what separates you like statistically and metric wise. But again, I was going to the human aspect of you should never be better than anyone else. And you should elevate people with you. And that's kind of, we basically said the same thing. Um, he put it better into like the numbers, put that on, on the, the, put it out better with the numbers and the metrics. Um, but the human aspect, no, you should never be better than anyone else. Yeah. And even if you are, let's just say like, there's, cause there's society norms. Be humble. So let's, yeah, a hundred percent. My, my dad always used to tell me with playing football, like I was a decent football player. I, you know, maybe sack somebody or scored a touchdown. My dad would always say, act like you've been there yep. before. You don't need to be showboating. You don't need to uh, make somebody else feel worse because you're better at, at something. And I a hundred percent agree. Like, you know, internally, if you're confident, if you're doing the right things, you know, internally what you're bringing to the table, you know, that you're a good person. You don't need anybody else to validate that for you. Uh, when you're doing the incorrect things, when you don't have goals, when you're not achieving goals, it, yeah, it's, it's easier to, when you make a big play, be loud, be the one that's the, the squeaky wheel. Um, so uh, be, be humble. Yes. Be humble. But, but also know in your head, I'm doing the right things and I'm a good person. Not so much. I'm a better person. Right. Awesome. What's your answer? Yeah. I was that? waiting for that one. You're the one, you're the one <laughs> yeah. asking the questions. Let's hear your answer. Yeah. I thought about this a long time this last year, especially. I think the answer is yes. And I leave the question vague on purpose. I, you know, I don't want to say, can you be better at something? Of course, you can be better at something. And we, are, we will never be equal. And we never should like force equality in as far as skills and, and talent distribution. Mm -hmm. But I, in, when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, okay, if I make good choices to improve myself, if I'm looking at my diet, my exercise, my relationship with other people, my sleep, the way I handled stress, my academic pursuit, the things I'm trying, I can stack up enough good decisions that will make me a better person. And for somebody who you look at maybe is doing the opposite, they're wasting money, severing ties with other people, they're stealing, they're robbing, they're taking it like just picture, like the worst, like most picturesque piece of shit of society you can imagine. I think you can objectionably say that person A is, per, is better than person B. Now, the caveat to that is that when the standard is what, what I think the standard should be for everyone, and this comes from my biblical, more Christian background, is perfection. That's the mandate from Christ himself. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect, even as you know, Christ himself is perfect. So if that's the standard, and that's what you're going towards, even though you can be better than somebody else, it doesn't matter. It should never matter. It should never affect you at all because your standard is perfection. And for those who might not be of a strictly Christian background as I am, if your goal is the ultimate greatest good that you could possibly be, and that's your trajectory, linear forward and back, it's past you versus future you, maybe you could be objectionably better than somebody else, but it doesn't matter because you're progressing towards this line of perfection. And uh, 
everybody that you look around you, if you think of this like a circular type table where all of us are on the outside of the circle and progressing towards the middle, that is this perfection, objectionable, transcendent vision of the best that you could possibly achieve. Then like Nate said, you're encouraging people because all of you are moving towards this perfection in the middle and them making it there isn't, doesn't mean that you don't get there. You're moving there yourself and you hope as many people around you get there as possible. So I think that's the answer to the question that I found. And that's a, so you're, you're saying, you're saying yes. Um, follow-up question to you on that, Austin, is your idea of better can be different compared to uh, the, the other person that we're, the, the made up person we're speaking about here in this example. So how would you determine because in my opinion there may be there may be certain things like and jordan peterson talks about this as well there's different types of successes you know there's marriage success there's financial success there's work success so let's just say you have the education success you have the marriage success uh, but you don't have the financial success of somebody who uh, on a human level is maybe not as good as you like when it comes to their morals or uh how they treat people, but maybe they have better financial success. So how would you determine, like, are you just saying with, let's say there's five areas and, and sorry, I'm kind of getting lost here in thought, but let's say there's like five areas of success and you've achieved maybe two or three of those areas of success, or you feel you're better than that person. And they're better at two, two of the other areas of success. Like how do you quantify what's better or not? And that's, that's why I feel like this question is kind of tough because it's, it's, yeah. everybody's targets are going to be different. Like for, for example, let me liken it to this. Like when I deal with a, a new client or a person that's potentially going to be a new client, they tell me, tell me about some of the past successes you've had with your clients. And I'll say, well, I have tons of successes I could speak to, but I don't, don't know if their successes are going to mean anything to you until I understand what you're what you have in your mind to quantify success. Maybe quantifying success for you is making a million dollars this year. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just bettering your processes at which you intake clients. Or maybe it's the quality of clients that you're getting, not so much the volume. And the other type of client is just looking for volume. So I can't put everybody into one bucket and say, well, I'm better here, I'm better there, I'm better here, because that might not be their targets, that might not be their goals. So how do you compare somebody that's essentially at that point, not even in, once again, in the same boat as you? I hope this doesn't sound as a cop out, but that was part of my answer that that the nuance and that nitty, the nitty gritty detail part of it, that's where it doesn't okay. matter. My question was to establish, okay, can you be or can someone be better than another. And that's why I took the extreme of two different polls. This perfect, like John do right, does the right thing is like with God, family, countries, successful, like healthy, working out, taking care of things, the nicest person in the neighborhood versus the degenerative society who robs, steals, you know, murders, maybe rapes, severs connections with everyone around him, just like the worst piece of garbage human you can imagine. I think you can objectively say person A is better than person B. Yeah. Now on where that, on the both ends of that bell curve, where you come to the center of this bell curve, where there's quite a bit of, you know, okay, now a lot of us do good things and a lot of us do not really good things. Yeah. That's the part where I think 
well, that, that doesn't matter. I answered the question. Yes, yeah, I think you could be. And it's not my responsibility now to figure out where I am in that because my, and this goes back to the, I think the core root of the, what we've established here is that your comparison is to yourself. Mm -hmm. Looking behind you, look where you've come from, looking forward, look what you can be. And that's where I'm going. That's now where I'm going to say, am I better today than I am than I was yesterday? No? Okay, well, then I'll do some work. And, and so I hope that's a cop out to your answer. But that's, that's the second part of my answer of, yes, you can be better than someone else. Part B is, but it doesn't matter. And you shouldn't think like that because it doesn't matter. And I love, yeah. I love that was a, th a thought-provoking question because we kind of had, you saw different spectrums of it, right? For the middle, the, the, the extremes on both ends. But what I would want to say, and we can kind of get, maybe this can be the last thing before final thoughts is just do the work. And I've, I've said this before is no one can take the work away from you. The, the time you put in, the, the books you read, the podcast you listen to, the time you spend with your family, the hours in the gym, the amount of weights you've lifted, no one can take that away from you. And that's all that should matter. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. And that's my final thought. So. Yeah, I, I, to, I, I think you nailed it. I would say if you take one thing away from this, this podcast, when it comes to comparison, it's exactly what you said, Nate, the only person that you should compare yourself to is yourself. Uh, be realistic with where your baseline's at, whether that's, you know, physical goals, whether that's educational goals, monetary goals, be realistic with where your baseline's at, and then set the goals or set the tasks that are going to help you reach your goals that you can chip away at with on a daily basis. And then use that upward comparison and downward comparison one to motivate you of look how far I've come and two look how far I still need to go. So I, I would say focus on yourself, compare, compare yourself to yourself and that's it. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Austin. Thank you, Nate. When comparison leads to a feeling of jealousy, a sense of injustice that leads to a victimhood oppressor mentality, that leads to resentment, that leads to, I mean, heaven forbid, leads to you feel you need to take revenge and you have a nihilistic type attitude. When you start to feel that pull of comparison, it's time to change. It's time to get rid of the media you're consuming that makes you feel like that. It's time to change the people you're around. It's time to maybe like Mike said, prune out who you consider friends and bring in better motivational influences. When comparison inspires action, when it inspires you to develop you as an asset, when it pushes you down that direction towards the best, it best possible imaginable thing, human that you can be in your path of life, that's the comparison that you want to have. And you don't want it to overtake you because you don't, you still want to make sure you're grounded. You have time, like what both these wonderful fathers have said, time with your family, helping your children to develop. But that's when direction will pull you forward and help you to get the motivation, the, the planning, the, the drive to improve. That's the comparison you want in your life. I love that. And Mike, thanks for coming on. Uh, maybe in the future, we'll have, on with a have you on with a different topic, but that's it. And we'll see you on the next one. Of course, I appreciate you guys letting me be a part of this, and uh, I look forward to being on it again. Adios. Adios.